Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and I'm Cassie, and this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Culips. You're listening to Simplified Speech, which is the Culips series that features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. And today, I'm joined by my co-host Cassie. Hey there, Cassie. Hey there, Andrew, and hello, everyone. So, Andrew, what's up? How's it going? Well, Cassie, to be perfectly honest with you, I am feeling a little bit sleepy today. Ah, that's a bummer. Did you get a bad night of sleep last night or something? Well, not exactly that, but、uh, I stayed up late last night and marathoned the last few episodes of Squid Game. Cassie, did you watch this TV show, Squid Game? Yeah, it's so good. I actually stayed up late last week watching it. <laughs> well, then that's perfect, Cassie, because we got a message from one of our listeners from South Korea, and his name is Steve, who left us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And in the review, Steve requested that we talk about Squid Game. And since we've both seen this show, and since it's a number one hit around the world, it's the most popular series on Netflix at the time that we're recording this episode, Cassie. I thought we could talk about Squid Game here today. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds like an amazing topic. But before we start our conversation, Andrew, I want to let everyone know that there's a study guide and transcript for this episode. Guys, the study guide is available for all Culips members and comes in either a PDF format that you can print off or a mobile-friendly version for studying with your phone, tablet, or computer. We make it to teach you about the difficult parts of our episodes, and it's a fantastic tool for becoming better at English. Well said, Cassie. So everyone, just visit our website culips.com to sign up and become a Culips member, so you can get the study guide and transcript for this episode. So Cassie, let's get into it. Let's talk about Squid Game, and we'll try our best not to give any spoilers here,、uh, because I think maybe some of our listeners haven't seen this show yet, and after hearing our conversation, they might want to check it out. So、uh, we'll try our best to have no spoilers. But Cassie, I guess why don't we start by describing this show? How would you describe Squid Game? What kind of TV show is it? You know that is a good question. You know it's not dystopian, but it kind of feels like that at some points.、Um, it's hard to fit this into a genre. What would you describe it as, Andrew? It's hard to say in one word what kind of genre this show is. I think it's got elements of drama, elements of horror in it, elements of action in it. It's a little bit of a dystopian story. It's a little bit of a sci-fi story, an adventure story, a mystery. It's a lot of things combined into one. Maybe that's why it's so popular. But I have to say, it's a very unique show. I don't think I've seen any show on TV or Netflix ever before that told this kind of story. Yeah, I think one of the things I loved most about this series were the characters. Because you know, a lot of these characters in the show, 
weren't great people. Mm -hmm. Um, They lived pretty terrible lives. Uh, They weren't good to their family members or society. But even though they weren't great, uh, you were rooting for them throughout the show. You were invested in them doing well on this show you were you know going through the ups and downs of what they experienced and really you know rooting for the bad guy it was weird yeah i guess that's one of the things that the director and the production team and the writers did really well is they made you feel sympathetic to some of the characters who are actually not the greatest people, as you mentioned, Cassie. They had troubled backgrounds, to say the least. But maybe before we go into more of the details of the show, we should describe exactly the story of the show so that people know what we're talking about. So this show, Squid Game, is actually a production of South Korea. But it's been taking the world by storm, and I even saw the cast of Squid Game on the Jimmy Fallon Show, which is a popular American talk show. So it's popular worldwide, and I know many of my friends have asked me about this show as well, since I'm living here in South Korea, just like you are, Cassie. So it's kind of cool that we can talk about a South Korean show that's really popular worldwide. But Mm. first, let's give this story synopsis. (laughs) Without any further ado. Yes. So the show is really about people who have made terrible financial decisions or for some reason have gotten to a really difficult financial situation in their lives. And they are given an opportunity to get out of debt and to improve their financial situation by partaking in this survival game. It's like... uh zero-sum game, right? It's either like Mm -hmm. you win and you're the champion or you lose and you die. It's like this very primal game. And to play the game, the contestants who agree to play are drugged and uh, (laughs) blindfolded and taken to a secret island. And they have to live on this island in a kind of dormitory facility with all of the other contestants. And the game is operated by these mysterious characters who are wearing masks and uniforms, and they have machines that change the sound of their voice, so you don't really know who they are. And yeah, throughout the course of the show, we see these characters competing with each other to try and win the grand prize money which is millions and millions of dollars. It's a huge prize, but in order to win that money, they have to compete against each other. Uh, And like I said, the cost of losing one of the competitions is death. So you see these characters battling throughout these different contests and games that they have to do. And also at the same time, We're trying to figure out who is running this game and what is the background story between the the organizers of this crazy death game and what exactly is going on. So I think it's that kind of story. Cassie, did I miss anything in my summary? Is, Is there anything you'd like to add to the synopsis of the show? No, I think you did an excellent job. Although that synopsis is already amazing, there are also lots of 
other side characters and twists and turns along the way that make the show even more exciting on top of that already unique synopsis that Andrew just gave. Yes, because of course, all of the contestants that are participating in the game, they have you know, friends and family uh, back home, and we learn about their background stories, how they got into debt or the financial situation that they're in, why they want to win, what their motivations are. Uh, so it's really interesting from that perspective. And I can't remember off the top of my head, Cassie, but wasn't it something like 457 or 456 maybe is the number uh, participants in this game? Yeah, 450 or 60-something. I don't remember exactly. We should since the main character was the last number. <laughs> yeah, so in the show, all of the contestants that play the game, they're given a green tracksuit to wear. And on their tracksuit, they have the number which represents when they entered the game. So player number one, he is the first uh, person to start to agree to play the game. And one of the main characters is the last person to enter the game. And I think Cassie, if I remember, he is 456. I believe it was 456 on his tracksuit. So there's many, many, many people battling against each other to win the main prize. One thing I thought was really cool about this show and maybe why viewers around the world like it is because it kind of represents late stage capitalism. Uh, which I think a lot of countries are experiencing now, especially with COVID kind of uh, damaging the economy. And then with, you know, the debt crisis is increasing, not just in Korea, but the US and other first world countries. And the things that happen in this drama seem crazy, but they also seem believable. Like, wow, you know, this could really happen in real life. And that's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. And I agree. I think that is a big part of what made this show so relatable to many viewers around the world, especially income inequality, which is the word that we use to describe the phenomena of rich people getting richer and poor people having less buying power with their money. And we're seeing this income inequality happen in many developed countries around the world. So I think a lot of people could grab on to that and sort of maybe in a terrible way, kind of almost imagine themselves in that situation and be like, I don't think I would be too different than these characters that are playing the game mm. in this show. And like you said, that's frightening. But uh, I think that's why a lot of people connected with it. They could relate to it in some weird way. Yeah. Another thing that I thought was really cool about the show was the, the cinematics. Um, the background of this show is full of really cute pastel colors. And it looks very innocent and charming. But the whole show is very gruesome and bloody and vicious. So you have this cute background with this horrible things going on within it, which is just so weird to think about in your brain. Yeah, the contrast between the content of the games and the sets and the colors that the director used to tell the story 
and the costumes and all of the visual elements, it's a really big contrast, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I loved about the show as well was just how colorful and beautiful and vivid the the show looks. It's it's really quite stunning visually. Okay, so Cassie, we both live in Korea and we study the Korean language. I watched the show in Korean. I'm wondering, did you watch it in Korean or did you switch to the English dubbed version? I cannot watch anything dubbed. Oh, I think it looks really <laughs> weird. I did watch with English subtitles because I don't like to miss anything. So I'm usually listening to most of the Korean, but also reading the English just in case. I watched with Korean audio and Korean subtitles, and I actually watched the audio description version, which is uh, an amazing feature of Netflix where. Uh, For some Netflix shows, they'll have a narrator that actually describes everything that's happening in every scene. It's intended for people who have visual disabilities and can't see the screen. So it's almost like somebody is telling them what's happening on the screen. Uh, It just so happens to benefit me as a language learner that that is uh, a really great feature to have somebody describe everything that's happening on the screen at the same time. So I watched it that way, and what I didn't realize until I finished the show is that there are actually quite a few English speakers on the show, because that part of the show was dubbed over into Korean. And Oh, uh, really? Yeah, so I didn't know there were English speakers on the show uh, until ah. today, and I was reading some reviews of Squid Game online, and people were... Uh, praising it and saying it's like an original show, it's very addictive, it's very fun to watch. But the English reviews that I read, uh, in them, many people criticized the acting and the script (laughs) for the English parts. So I can't comment on this because I missed that. I'll have to go back and watch it, Cassie. But what were your opinions for the actors who spoke English and the the lines that they said? Because they had actually a pretty big role, to be honest. Honestly, all I can say is episode seven. So (laughs) (laughs) episode seven was where the English speakers really had their moment and they were just horrible, horrible human beings. (laughs) Yes. The script wasn't exactly natural sounding for a Korean show. I'm going to say it was pretty good. I don't know if you've watched any other Korean dramas with English speakers as a, you know, guest appearance, but the the acting is usually awful. (laughs) This one, I mean, I cringed a little, but I felt like um, the actors they picked were not bad, but because they were such horrible human beings, the the lines they had to say were uh, not fun to listen to okay yeah so maybe i I can kind of imagine from watching other korean tv shows i kind of think i know what i would expect from (laughs) those characters but i'm gonna have to go back and check that part out but cassie uh we should wrap things up here Uh, before we do Mm -hmm. though i have to ask you if you had to give the show uh, a score out of 10 points what would your review be how many points would you give it It hooked me from beginning to end. It was really great cinematically. It was a cool story. It concluded 
itself, but left the possibility open for a second season. I think I would give it a solid maybe 8.5 or 9. 8.5 to 9. Very cool. I think I would give it an 8. That was my initial reaction. Uh, it, it was one of the first shows in years that I've actually stayed up late at night to watch, and I binged it. I watched many episodes, one after another after another. I'm also a really big fan of the main actor in the show. His name is Yi Chongjie. So it was cool to see him as well. So yeah, a solid eight-point review. And I would recommend it to any of our listeners who maybe want to get uh, an introduction to Korean television. If you don't want to break your English immersion, listeners, and I know that uh, we're an English podcast and it's kind of weird for us to recommend a TV show that's in the Korean language, not the English language, but there is the option for the English dubbing. Cassie, I know you said that that's... Uh, <laughs> not too pleasant to watch, but uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to watch the show but doesn't want to break their English immersion, uh, then you can watch it dubbed. That's an option for you. Yes, totally agree with Andrew. But even if you watch the Korean language with English subtitles, I think it's still totally worth it. You should check it out. Well, we'll wrap it up here. That was really fun to talk about Squid Game with you, Cassie. And thank you again to our listener, Steve, who suggested this topic. If you enjoy listening to Culips and find us helpful for improving your English skills, then we would love it if you could support us. And there are many different ways that you can do that, such as signing up to become a Culips member on our website, culips.com, following us on social media, telling your friends who are learning English to check Qlips out, or by leaving us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can reach us by email. Our address is contact at qlips.com. That brings us to the end for today, but don't worry, we'll be back soon with a brand new episode and we will talk to you then. Take care, everyone, and goodbye. See ya!